humans. Getting complimented, getting roses feels nice. No matter how many fucking roses you have, it's still nice. It really does. It's really just nice. Yeah. Fuck. The Gary B Audio Experience. Vayner Nation, what is good? Super excited about this episode. Very uh, family episode. Vayner Sports Talk. I have three phenomenal young men with me. We're gonna chop up about a lot of things. We're gonna talk a lot of sports. We'll probably talk a little bit NFTs. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about debating. I mean, when Brandon Parker and I are together, we're gonna argue about something. <laughs> that's just, it's in the, AJ shaking his head in the background. Like, that's just a guarantee. Probably, you know, Brandon, we're still gonna have to probably play one-on-one and film it. I actually <laughs> believe through your conviction after debating with you in Alabama a couple weeks ago that mm-hmm. you would probably win. But I, I, I have a deep feeling that I could still pull out an upset. Uh, and so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about this upcoming draft. I don't want AJ to get mad at me, but there's a young man sitting here that if the Jets leadership is listening to, I'm desperate for them to draft them. I'm not sure if that's legal or not illegal or what I'm doing here, but like, and Alan, super excited for you. So why don't you guys introduce yourself? We'll go around the circle. Brandon, why don't you say hello real quick? Yup, yup, uh, my name is Brandon Parker. Um, I'm the COO of Vayner Football, and just here, happy to be here with both A-Rob, you, and uh, D-Bell. Looking forward to chopping it up. D-Bell? Uh, what's up? My name is David Bell. Uh, I'm currently in the process to get drafted uh, at the end of this month, and just really excited to see where I'll end up at. Love it. Alan? Yo, what's good? is Alan Robinson. Went to Penn State, drafted by Jacksonville, then been in Chicago, and now with the Rams, you know, which I'm super excited about. Love it. So a lot to talk about. Uh Brandon, obviously you rep these two young men. Let, let's so we'll start with you at the top of the triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, what's on your mind? What are you excited about? Both of these guys are going through major, major, exciting transitions. Yeah. David, you know, starting his journey, having a crazy year at Purdue, which I'm sure made you happy, mm-hmm. um, and now going into league, and now and Allen going to the Super Bowl champs, like a formidable super team. Like that's a big thing. So when when you're on the other side repping individuals in different parts of their career what's a consistent what's a what's a thing you focus on how do you how do you help uh, there's a lot of people who are listening right now all of which probably spam aj 24 7 nobody gets hit up more than aj from a because so many people want to be sports agents and mm-hmm. so i see I, I get hit up a ton of like hey i hit up aj can i work at vayner sports like it's such a thing that so many of the listeners want to do in their life because a lot of us grow up wanting to play like these two yeah. and somewhere along the way we realize we can't and so for a lot of us it's like wait a minute i want to rep them what you know You've been in the, I mean, you grew up in this business. Your dad's a legend. You grew mm-hmm. up in it. I've had the privilege of working with you. A little bit further, deeper into sports representation life. How do you think about giving advice, helping? Alan just went through a big free agency contract. Mm. You know, David's going to go to that part of like, you know, even from a business standpoint, knowing how many people that are listening, you know, people think like, you're going to be an NFL player and then you start looking at taxes and expenses and I'm sure David's probably already even gone through crossing some of these T's and I's in his mind. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like you're a trillionaire in your rookie contract. What, 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 are, you, what are you telling these young men? <clears throat> well, I think uh, first and foremost, you know, it's different strokes for different folks, to be honest. Um, these two guys have a lot of similar traits to one another, which is obviously what attracted us to, to David because yep. we were able to see kind of A-Rob's progression being in the league for eight years. Um, even similar to how we fir- actually, when it came to David, you were the first person to actually tell me about say, David. Say that a little bit louder for all the people <laughs> in the back. G was the first person to put me on D-Bell. Um, and then when I cut D-Bell's tape on, yep. which was his freshman and sophomore year right away, I actually had the, the, a very similar feeling as the first time I saw Allen play. Um, Let's talk about that real quick because we got a little time here in the podcast. So I want to yeah. get people under the hood. When you say the tape, like tell everybody the work that goes into it. Like how many minutes, hours? How do you get to the tape? Like how do you? I hit you up like, hey, there's this Purdue receiver I think has really got it. Mm-hmm. How do you go about actually doing the homework? What are you looking for? What were you talking about? <clears throat> what do you do? Well, I mean, I'm not a scout, so tip- so typically I don't watch a whole lot of tape unless. Yeah. Either someone tells me about a player, yep. or if I just so happen to see a player that I like, then I'll dive deeper. Meaning on a Saturday, you're walking by the TV, you exactly. watch five minutes, you're like, who's this D-tackle? Exactly. You make a mental note, and then that following week- That's you what start... happened with him. Is that L- true? Literally, literally walking walk... through my kitchen, 
three weekends in a row, and I was just watching like some highlights, and I saw number eight three times in a row. On Penn State. Three weeks in a row, just going yeah. crazy. And so... And very good looking. You didn't <laughs> I, don't hear about that? I don't know about all that. <laughs> but um, it just, you know, obviously we have contacts throughout the league that can get us the tape. Of course. Um, and then, you know, when you've seen it, because like you said before, I was fortunate enough to grow up in the world where I got to see a lot of great players. Yes. And they have similar traits, right? Um, great players just have similar traits across the board, not just on in football, but just as human beings. And you kind of get to know some of these guys. Um, Allen is a great example, and so is D. Bell. Very uh, personable, relaxed, comfortable in their own skin kind of guys. And then once you kind of see it on the field, um, I've just learned over the, over the years to just don't overcomplicate it. Right. If you see a guy you, that's because a baller, you, he's because you grew a real up in baller. it. You know, for everybody's context, your dad Eugene is truly, truly one of the greatest icons of the profession. <clears throat> you feel like there's almost like a sixth sense yeah like a mix between intuition and a little bit of math i really do yeah i really do yeah um and the traits just like i said they they're on the field and they're off the field traits but especially when it comes to receivers at this point you can just kind of tell um the guys that have just a, a real high athletic intelligence what i call it like being able to just time when the ball when to go up and pluck the ball out the air um knowing what to do after the catch right you don't have to be necessarily the fastest or most explosive guy but if mentally you can be two or three steps ahead of, of the other guys it gives you a chance to really separate yourself as a player which i think david does really well but um it's just funny that all the things that were similar about these two guys and um they've they've since built a really good relationship as well um you know d bill we both went to purdue so we got a little a little bit of a rivalry with a rob when it comes to that but a rob's um, shaking his head when it, <laughs> it doesn't feel like there's really that much of a rivalry well he'll get his chance he'll get his chance to speak on that but to answer your original question when it comes to advice you know you as an agent you learn to if it ain't broke don't break it kind of thing um so i keep it pretty simple with these guys because they're they're both far and above they're far away uh from their peers as it comes to understanding and maturity Right, like neither one of these guys are the kind of guys that just want to be called up and told how good they are. You don't have to babysit them. No, no, not Not, at all. Not emotionally to what you were saying and definitely not like keep them out of trouble. Right, and so that allows you to... Do you think that's a big mistake that agents make? Um, Yeah, but I don't know. Like I think you're... I I think you're... Uh, yeah, of course they're they're in the business. They don't right? understand. They just don't understand. Most of them. The but I, but I think of I think don't. you're very thoughtful about this. Like I even, and I'm really thoughtful about mm-hmm. it. And I think you're even like I'm really scared because I don't want to rep someone that's gonna drag my reputation mm-hmm. down. But I I mean you are very thoughtful when I when we talk about a lot of stuff. You like you're I would say cautious. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you're really like, am I gonna be about this kid? It's almost like you're pretty binary. Am I gonna be about this kid? And if I'm not, and if it doesn't fit into this feeling I have, I'm just not interested even if they're gonna be the number one pick in the draft. I think is that you're true? Right. Yeah. And why yeah. do you think that is? I think I've just seen a lot. I've seen so many great play- players like end up being headaches for agents. Yeah. And end up it just not working that. And I know myself. So because I know who I am and like how I work and when I meet someone, it's just like meeting somebody. You're going to yeah. know whether or not you're yeah. going to get along with them well. Um, that and self-awareness I, of yourself, yep. knowing that you're not going to be about that anyway, so it's mm-hmm. not going to work anyway, so yep. you're going to lose them anyway. That's exactly yeah, right. That's, that's right. exactly right. Dave, let's talk about self-awareness for a minute. Like, you know, you're in a re- you know, you're now, as somebody who's really going to get drafted in the NFL, like obviously, at Purdue, that's a real program. You've been reading things about yourself on the internet. You're a human being, like yeah, even, facts. you know, right? Like, but <clears throat> this is probably the most stuff you've read about yourself, right? Everyone's yes, got an opinion, got you in different mocks, things of that nature. How much do you think knowing yourself is a factor? Like, do you do you allow yourself to get caught up? Like, when people are saying good things or negative things, does you know you're a human being? You're a young kid. Like, is that hard? Is that easy? Like when, uh, let's go into like real details. There's in every publication mock drafts, there's receivers that people think are gonna get taken before you. Do you get competitive about that? How much does self-awareness or just knowing yourself factor into these? This is one of the biggest life moments that a professional athlete will have, which is the scrutiny of them going into a draft. How do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I definitely, you know, like you said, read it a lot, and I really don't take too much into consideration because a lot of those guys have never played the game. They're just watching it and just kind of basing it off what other people say. But 
I know my abilities and I know what I can do. So when I read stuff that, you know, that doesn't add up to my place that I'm like, well, he's wrong. So he's definitely not credible. He really doesn't know what he's talking about. But so that's why I just, you know, say to myself and if I have questions, you know, I ask my peers or like I said, Alan or Brandon and stuff like that. But like I said, I know I'm, I'm very comfortable with what I did on the field and I know what I can do in the NFL at the next level. Interesting. Do you feel like, are you a player that feeds off the crowd in any shape or form, or is it just all quiet? Cheering and booing, it's all the same. It's not really affecting you one way or the other. Yeah, it doesn't really affect me uh, one way or another. You know, that's kind of how I grew up. Uh, I was always taught to just, you know, block out the noise, whether it's the praise or the uh, the boos and stuff like that. So that's just how I live my life. You know, I take it one day at a time and just try to stay even keel. Alan, how about for you? Like, do you, do, do, does cheering or booing motivate you in either direction or you also kind of like you can't hear it honestly i actually kind of enjoy the booze you know that's always like a fun thing you know even from college like when you first you like being the, on the road yeah from when you first come out the tunnel just you know you yeah have yeah because it's like it's one of those things where it's like to me it's like have you ever been in the stadium and you hear like an incompletion at home on third down versus on the road you know, on the road, you know, it's a little bit different. You know, I feel like even everybody's aura, it, it, it shakes back a little quicker because, again, it's like, you know, like, I mean, if you, like, again, have a three and out, the away team is is cheering if you away. Yeah, you know, sure. at home, it's kind of like a, oh, it's like, you know what I'm saying, the air is being taken out of the stadium. But on the road, you don't get that. You know, on the road, it's a little bit different, you know. Meaning, like, disappointment from the home crowd is more of a negative re- <coughs> kind of energy than than the cheering because yeah. that's expected, right? Yeah. Of course the yeah. opposing fans are pumped you're three and out. But at home it's like a woe is me energy. Yep. Yeah. Us Jet fans have that big. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And like, seriously, and like and when we go three people, and out, yeah. our stadium, we've got nothing. We're so pissed and so on tilt for the last forty years. And then at home sometimes shit, you go a couple three and outs, now you get booed. Oh, we boo heavy on the first <laughs> you know try. Three and so it's like, so it's like, we love a good booing on the first try. Depending on where you at, you know, just especially if the media hyped you the week before, like a big game, or no. this is gonna be fucked up, or this and that. First drive. And that's Hope. the thing. You can ask. I don't know how many players ask somebody how many times they've been booed away. You know, you know if you're getting booed away, you either scoring touchdowns or coming out the tunnel. One right. or two. Yeah, fact. Right. One or two. Who was the Who was the toughest crowd you played? In, in college, like the loudest, craziest, you, you remember anything? Yeah, I hate to say it, but it was definitely Penn State. Really? <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, my freshman year. It was a homecoming, and I was. Right, you're a kid out of high school. It's yeah. like fifth game, fourth game in college, right? Yeah, like fourth game of the season. I just came off uh, being freshman, uh, freshman of the week. So okay. I, I had high expectations going into that game, and it didn't end how I wanted it. Uh, that defense, it had like five or six NFL players that had Michael Parson on there. Mm-hmm. So. You know, he was in the backfield wrecking havoc. And every time they get a sack, you hear like a roar. Like real loud. Yeah, real loud, like on a uh, on a sound system. So, like, I'm in the middle running my route, and you just hear that roar. Like, you can't <laughs> even get the full depth of your route. So, and then the fans are crazy. So, I definitely have to say that was the most loud. Was it a mind. whiteout or a blackout that they had there? They just do white, right? Yeah, yeah. It was white. Should I do like yeah. a blue out or something? Y'all do, do something a, else? Oh, we do the stripe every every blue moon. I mean, you guys just always do. You guys do a lot of color coordinating. Nah, just white. Sometimes stripe. Oh, do you do it. multiple whiteouts oh, per year? Pretty simple. I think sometimes depend on the game. Yeah. If it's if it's like game day or if it's like a rival game, we'll do we'll do a couple whiteouts. AJ, that is one thing I miss about Rex Ryan. He brought a little bit of the college atmosphere to us. He was like, it's a whiteout. He would make videos. <laughs> Remember that phone call that was sent to all Jet fans? College atmosphere is absolutely crazy. All right, Alan, talk to us. You're a Ram now. I'm excited. Very, right? very excited. You've, you've, I mean, let's just call it what it is. I don't want Bear fans or Jag fans to get upset with me, but like, you've had most of your career on teams that weren't coming into the season predicted to go to the Super Bowl. Is that like a new feeling altogether? Uh, a little bit. Um, I would say for me, I try to you know I try to keep that kind of a little bit not out of sight because it's 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 there and it's inevitable, and I'm actually happy to be a part of that. You know, you're, you're excited about having expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I tell everybody, you know, if if you don't want expectations, that means you're not doing something right. Yeah, you know, like I mean, having expectation co- comes with good teams, comes with good players, comes with people doing good things, it's it's inevitable. You yeah. know, if if you're as a person trying to duck expectation, then you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong business of of uh, whatever you're doing because it's gonna be there. So having that, you know, to me just, you know, just it just makes you lock in a little bit different, you know, each and every day. You know, you 
you know what you're there for. You know, you know what time it is. And, and just again, being able to join that atmosphere and that team, you know, it's it's exciting. You know, it's a it's I look at teams and, and players as like a as like a partnership. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how you feel with good teams. You know, it's like, you know, we're we're in this together. You know, it's not, you know, about this or not about that. You know, you're in this together and you're in this to achieve one ultimate goal. I have a fun idea. I want to, I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm going to test it here right now. I want to give out some roses. I'm going to ask you guys some questions. I think that we as a society have gotten really good at like, like tearing people down societally. Like we're just on it. You know, everyone's just trying to fucking cancel and destroy everyone. So I'm like, right? So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to start trying to do more like giving out roses while people are alive and all this stuff. So let's go through. I got a series of questions. I got a couple already popping in mind for all three of you. Let's start with you, Brandon. Okay. Roses. Which player you thought was going to be fine? Not bad. Fine. Solid. Could be decent. But... You know, growing up in this business, if I asked you which two or three players, one player, not that you were wrong about, mm-hmm. but you were like, that's gonna be a solid player, but is like on the way to being a Hall of Famer or is a beast. Like, let's give some roses out. Right, Who in the yeah. last five to seven to eight years, you're in the game, you're analyzing before they get into league. Who are you like, oh, that's gonna be a good ball player who right now is fucking putting in work? Uh, Miles Garrett is the first one that. Comes All right, let's talk. Mind. That's good. Let's talk yeah, about that because that's a that was he was gonna be the number one pick. People were super gassed mm-hmm. on him. To your point, I'm now going in my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm he's been better than I thought too. Even though I thought yeah. he was like because he's so good. Yeah, yeah. He's like for, he's a freak. I just didn't think he was worthy of a number one overall pick. Yeah. And usually I'm not. I don't get into the geek like teams do about why like little things as to why a player isn't good. Yeah. But you sometimes, that, yeah, and if I'm not <laughs> repping the guy, you know what I mean? It, it makes it a lot easier to kind of do it. So I got, I was getting into some debates with my brothers and we're talking <laughs> and I'm focused on how weird he runs and stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, just, that mattered. just right away, he came into the league. I know, just, it was a beast. And He's I'm like, okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. You got him. off again. Yeah, yeah, right you, away. I did that with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> like, like, I don't know about that. Like, like about the, for his second game, I'm like, yeah, yeah, let me get off this train right now. <laughs> I was super wrong. I don't want to talk about that anymore. He <laughs> does everything, though. He's like, he, even though he does kind of get his he props. He does everything. Like he should, I mean, he should get more. I he should be up there in the discussions with Aaron Donald, in my opinion, as far as a game record. You know, he's that. He he's is that great. Special I mean, Aaron's so player. crazy, but like I'm with you. Yeah, he's a, yeah. And he's a complete player. He is. Man. He, he really can do is. Everything. Um, he's a good ball player. Let me think. Other guys that just deserve some. Roses. Give another thought. I'm gonna bounce around. Yeah, 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 yeah. What coach do you think? You want to give roses to that has the biggest impact for you to be in this position right now as. A player that is going into the league. If I asked you that question, yeah. So it had to be my little league coach, uh, Carl Purnell. Carl Purnell. Carl Purnell. Yeah, Purnell. Purnell. Yeah. So he he's kind of stepping into that father figure for me. You know, my grandfather was there, uh, first grade, so probably six. Wow. Yeah. So I used to spend a night over his his house on Friday night, uh, and he'll take me to the games in the morning, or I stay home. But just being uh, around him to see how you know he took care of his son, I'm like, okay, this is how you know. I know I had my grandfather too, but seeing somebody else outside the family do that and seeing how he took care of his family, took care of his son, like, okay, that's somebody I want to be like when I get older. So I definitely, that's definitely somebody I have to give their roses to. I love that. Al, let's give roses in a way that's a little bit harder, to, but it will be fun. Who do you think, because I think you're, listen, this was long, I'll say it again, long before we had the luxury of teaming up with Brandon and repping you, I've just always like been a big fan of your game. I really, I'm really genuinely curious about what your season's gonna look like this year, given the circumstances, because I'm also a big Stafford guy. Which, giving roses, which defender do you really think, you've been in the league, that you're like, man, he's a pain <coughs> in the ass. Like, he's really, he's really a good ball player. Three, three come to mind uh, for me. Uh, actually, four. Go ahead. Jason Verrett uh, is oh, a Jason dude. Verrett. Playing against him, man, was uh, we had some battles. Yeah. We had some battles in Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, Stephon Gilmore, he's Why another Gilmore? one. Size, man, he has a, he has everything. He has the size, he has the strength, <laughs> he has the speed. He play <laughs> he plays very very technical. Like each and every snap, he gonna play his technique. Um, Jalen Ramsey, you know, he's a person who's super athletically gifted. You know, and he kind of plays a little bit differently than other corners, but he's kind of evolved and created his own kind of 
technique in which you, you in which he plays. You were from Jacksonville when they drafted. No, nah, we right? played. We played uh, two years ago. Oh, beautiful. So played, reuniting. Yeah, played Feels two good. years together. And then uh, the last was a person I played against. He's retired now, but it's uh, Revis. Darrell. Yeah, he's a dude who man. He he matched me in 2015. Every snap, um, he gave me a different look each and every snap, and it was the first time in my career that I actually felt like I was. I was like confused. Yeah, like like mm-hmm. thinking at the line of scrimmage. You know, I mean, I still had a pretty good game, but it was uh it was one of those times where I kind of after that game kind of readjusted my approach to like the line of scrimmage and the and, and the pre-snap and how I kind of wanted to go about my pre-snap plan. That's even kind of talking to him after the game. You know, he he kind of just kind of, you know, gave me some tidbits as to how I should kind of approach Makes the line of scrimmage, yeah. So That's interesting. You know, obviously He's one of the best players I got to watch every snap of. I really think about him a lot because the NFL has gotten so much harder for the defender. Um, I, I still don't think there's been a corner since him, and there was guys before him, but since him, I don't think there's been another Darrell Revis in the league, and Jalen's amazing, and there's been other guys, but like, he was, those two years, 2009-10, were so crazy, like so crazy, people, AJ, that was a two-year span where if somebody caught a pass, we were upset and surprised. <laughs> a pass. And I'm talking about the best receivers in the league would come to New York, Megatron, yeah, and two, have two and 17, two and 17 yeah. one and nine. It was out of control. Ocho Cinco in his prime, like back-to-back games, like blanked. blanked. Mm. You know how weird that is? Yeah. It was super weird. He got weird, crazy. Jeez. I got my other one. Go ahead. Mike Evans. That's a great one. one. I I'm with you on that too. I agree I mean, with that too. I mean, I, I agree with that too. I just think. That Do you he, just hate Texas A&M? <laughs> <laughs> that's what oh it seems God. like. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Well, here's for real. the thing, though. I, I didn't hate Mike at all coming. I didn't hate either of these players. Yeah. I actually kind of like Mike. I didn't. Think, you didn't think it was gonna be crazy. I mean, you Mike's know, Mike Evans never had a season. That he didn't catch for a thousand yards. No, I know. Yards. He's a beast, beast. So when you talk about flowers, it's just like, man, it's hard to catch for a thousand yards yeah. in the league. I agree. To do it every year in your career, that's that's uh, and we don't even really talk about him amongst like the greats. I agree. I think he deserves his. And then the other guy who I did like too, but I think he should be talked about a lot more is AJ Green as well. I chose, I chose two receivers, but you know AJ, he's a guy who was it his first seven years in the league. He went to a first. He was first ballot Pro Bowl first seven years. I agree. That's a great. Uh, Julio kind of outshined him a little bit for for that reason. I've always liked AJ a little more, to be honest. You know, it's really funny you bring that up. I think there's a lot of players through the years who are like sensational. Mm -hmm. And just because of circumstances, uh, you know, like, listen, I think Allen, to be honest, like I'm excited that he's on it. Like, this is like, like Allen, I think his career is going down the path of where I'm about to go, which is there are players who are grossly all-time underrated mm-hmm. because of pure circumstance. No doubt. Well, and I think in a person like Mike Evans' situation, I think <laughs> that the football world and just in general, people get super infatuated with like spikes and peaks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Mike kind of being consistent yeah, around 1,100, 1,200, right. 1,300, 1,200. He may not have ever had a 17, 1,800-yard mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. but he's been so good no, and so consistent to whereas like it gets overlooked. Yeah, you know, because people right. kind of want that want that no, spike, that, no, you know, of, re- the, of the 18 real. touchdowns or yeah. 1,800 yards, yeah. you know what I'm really saying? Exactly. Or 140 <laughs> catches, you know, it's like. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about the draft a little bit. So D-Bell's going through this big moment. We're only a couple weeks away. Alan, what about your experience? Let's get some fun stories that maybe people don't know. Yeah, I actually, uh, I left my draft party uh, for a little bit. Uh, I was, I was, yeah, I was frustrated. Because um, you thought you were going to go first round? I, I, I didn't, I, I thought I, it was a chance I could go first round. Okay. I think I wasn't upset with that. I think it okay. was, uh, for me, it was upset. Uh, when Once it got down to the second round, I think I ended up being an 11 receiver taken. You know, and seeing a, a lot of people come off the board uh, in front of me, you know, was just frustrating. That ninth you and know. tenth guy pissed you off. It, uh, Real talk. Before that, you know, I mean, <laughs> shit. Uh, but you know, so it was if one you of those. Were mad at the fourth and fifth guy, you were on fucking tilt when the yeah. eighth and ninth yeah. and tenth guy. Yeah, went. for sure. And I mean, that's the thing. I, I I probably left my draft party around like pick forty, forty five. So I probably was like outside kicking it for like fifteen, sixteen picks. You know, just like chilling. And I remember my one of my high school coaches had texted me like, "You good?" I mean, I I was straight. I just I didn't want to. I was I was frustrated at, at that point. I didn't want to really you know be around anybody. So 
remind me what you know because again and I love you David for saying I read it like like people like people are humans remind me because I don't remember did people have you projected in the first round or you felt you were projected second round um I felt like I was projected second okay. it's funny because I like you know how you get your draft you can like submit these games in like uh like a form or something and like the NFL kind of gets back to you where you were projected to be drafted and I did that, but I didn't look at that until after the draft. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> yeah, so, and they had me uh, projected that second round. And but what were you talking I, yeah. to him about during that whole moment? You talking about when he was at the draft? Yeah. I wasn't talking to him at all at Got that it. time. <laughs> um, we had a lot of players in that draft. We were just, I was at home with my dad watching yeah. it. Um, which I have another story about the draft later, but it's funny because I remember his experience. I was with Alshon Jeffrey for his draft mm -hmm. experience. I was actually up close and personal with him. Very similar. Um, and I think he could be in store for something similar as well. Guys that they know, I know, and anybody who really knows them knows that they're gonna, you know, Pro Bowl level kind of players. It's, and it's, it's just something it's, about watching the, guys it, get drafted. By the way, before it's you. the weirdest position for me in the NFL currently. Yeah. I was yelling at my TV screen as a fan long before I knew <clears> as much as I know today. And I knew a lot because I watched so much, but now I'm at a different place because I'm under the hood. Mm -hmm. Yelling for the Jets to take Keenan Allen. Yelling in the mm. first round, and I think he went third round. And the and these guys all fit this. I the the receiver thing is weird. The league still yeah. overvalues, in my opinion, I, and I'm putting this on wax because I want to be historically correct. I think the league slightly continues to overemphasize speed at the combine for receivers when the film is telling you a completely other story. And it just feels like there's an obnoxious amount of second and third round receivers yeah. who ball the fuck out that have the same narrative. I'll tell you significantly, not slightly, it's significant. Like that's the conversation that I've had most with teams over the last three months. And I'm not trying to sell them because I know you can't sell them anyway. No, that's it's right. more so like you said, having on wax, like when are y'all going to wake up and just look, just look at the top receivers in the game and go, are those tracks 40 speed kind of guys or are those, you know, Guys that you just cut on the tape and they separate themselves, the you know. Just made that mistake. Everybody continuously makes it, but one, one second. The one thing that is going to maybe change that, um, I was talking to a former GM a couple weeks ago, is the teams that are switching to GPS instead of, uh, and so they can actually see how fast the guys get up to in a, in a uh, game, like Cooper Cup or him, uh -huh. for example, as opposed to looking at a track race and seeing how a guy runs in, in a 40. Speed. So the I think data's starting to catch up. Yes, like the next fifteen years, around? we could see a change yeah, there. I think it's two things. One, I think the overemphasis that well, not the over, but the under uh, emphasis is that when you take guys that are more skillful guys, when you get in the league, especially at the receiver position, it comes to being able to adapt your game. The receiver position, I think, is very similar to kind of like a basketball player. It's like if you have all these different things on your tool belt as a player you can continue to adapt your game over time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not just a speed guy. You know, you can do a little bit of everything. You can continue to evolve your game, change your game, maybe it's route running, whatever it may be. You know, you have all these skills to be able to win, firstly. And secondly, I think the other thing, the speed factor is a huge factor for guys who don't have that dude under center. To me, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. If you go look at the players who play with a – Aaron Rodgers or uh, um, Josh Allen or any of the top quarterbacks in the league and the guys that they've had, like even like you said, like Keenan Allen and, and Phillip Rivers. You know what I'm saying? Even with uh, with, with Justin Herbert, he's had a, a ton of success. But nobody's way, nobody's talk afraid about a to. Guy who had great circumstance. Imagine Keenan Allen, <laughs> Phillip Rivers, and and Herbert. That's but again, and I think he's yeah. more so. I think he's. I don't think he's the beneficiary. I think the I don't want to say the quarterbacks are the beneficiary. It's the combo. But it's it's the it's it's the combo. And when uh -huh. I say it's the combo, it's like if you have a guy like Phillip Rivers, you know Keenan Allen being Keenan Allen, he's gonna have success. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to worry about can Phillip Rivers get Keenan Allen the ball in these different spots. You know, as long as Keenan is Keenan, he's gonna kill. As long as Devontae yeah. Adams is Devontae Adams, he's gonna kill. We have the person but that can get him the ball at like any position Adams on the field. Whole like conversation of like run fucking routes really caught my attention. Like forget about all these drills on Instagram. Like you you, you big believer in that? Is yeah, that like is that the sure. real talk? Yeah, for sure. Is that I mean, the real talk? I, yeah, like obviously, running. Obviously, you gotta have some drills and stuff to kind of like emphasize, you know, other physical traits as far as that you're training. But definitely the biggest thing is being able to run a to be able to run a route. Like if you're doing uh stop routes at 
three yards and five. Everybody can stop at three to five yards. Of course. But can you stop at 18? You know, how how fast can you get out of your speed cut at 20 yards on the 20-yard dagger? Sure. You know, but you got to be able to build that speed up for 20 and then cut. You can't just run five yards in the speed cut. Everybody could do that, you know. Yeah, and sense. it's basketball. Basketball, what you said there, that's huge. Like, you see guys that were like like David Hooped. He was a really good basketball player. So was Allen. Well, Allen thinks think he could have been in the league. Allen really thinks he can hoop. I could hoop a little bit. I, yeah, I, I think know. I could have been. David said, don't sleep on me. David was like I would have taken it seriously for sure. Bro. I believe it. And it's it's just similar it's traits so at, that, at that position, that receiver position, really. You know, you're kind of, to get open, you're doing the same thing. It's kind of like like James Harden. Made, he probably would have been a good wide receiver, but not the fastest wide receiver. But I get those it. similar I get traits. Um, why don't you drop anything? I think uh, seriously, my though, main man, you focus, really catch everything for think, real, and that's the number one job. You know, again, uh, is did you get better at it? Is like, did how'd you get better at it? Like, obviously, like people, like some people have good hand-eye coordination. Like, even me and AJ are good at catching because we have good hand-eye. But like, how do you get like from elite to super elite? Like, when I say that to you, yeah. I'm saying that as a compliment on purpose. Like, you really fucking don't drop shit. I, I've always been pretty good at catching <laughs> the ball. It's funny. I didn't start playing receiver to my junior year, high school. So, because you were going um, to NBA. <laughs> well, I was I was smaller, so I was like five eight, you know, uh, early on. So I played running back, but I just always kind of, I guess, naturally been able to catch the ball. I mean, I work I work at catching the ball too, for sure. But I think my main focus is always, you know, when the ball is in the air, is is to catch it. You know, I think that I'm not really truly, you know, now I'm kind of, you know, again uh, adapting, you know, to just be able to get catch and run opportunities. So being able to, you know, kind of put my body in the position to run, you know, when I when I when I do catch it and in better positions. You know, but when the ball is in the air, you know, the the number one job is to catch it. D-Bell, are you thinking about, like, you're in a funny spot now. Most people, when they get out of school, they're kind of in control. Yeah. Like, Dustin decided he's willing to, like, they're willing to come to New York. Like, you don't get to decide. Like, you're about to live somewhere. Uh, out of, like, a heartbeat, you're going to get a phone call. You know, five minutes later, we're going to get a phone call and be pumped for you. <coughs> and you might be thinking, like, man, I... I'm about to live in this city. Like, are you thinking about that a lot or not really? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, my whole life I've been in Indiana. Uh, went to high school in Indianapolis right. and then Purdue, West Lafayette. It's about an hour and 15 minutes away. So it's definitely going to be. So are you praying that the Colts take you? I'm praying just to get drafted. <laughs> yeah, you know? good answer. I don't really. <laughs> good answer. I don't. I'm not really but it's too crazy, big on one right? team though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was just talking to my mom about it maybe a few days ago. Like, she's like, it's going to be your first time if the Colts don't be drafted that you outside the city. So. You know, hopefully uh, I can build the same fan base that I built in Indianapolis and in Indiana uh, to wherever wherever I go. Alan, when you went back to Roses, let's go to another place. What player, when you entered the league, most big brothered you and helped you the most? Anybody stand out? And maybe even if they didn't really put their arm around you and say, hey, youngster, I'm gonna be there for you. Maybe somebody, if you didn't have that circumstance, because sometimes that doesn't happen. Yeah. Was there anybody on Jacksonville that you no different than what D.D. Bell said about coach. Was there somebody in the locker room and you're like, I like the way that guy moves. I'm going to be that kind of pro when I get older. Yeah, so off the top of my head, a few guys. Um, actually, we had a super young team when I got to Jacksonville. Right, right, I remember so, now. So um, it was me, Marquise Lee, Alan Hearns, Storm Johnson, Brandon Linder. We all came group. in on offense together. Yeah, you you know, uh, our first group. win that year, we started eight rookies. You know, but we did have some vets like Cecil Shorts, uh, Mercedes Lewis, um, uh, Jock McClendon, who's actually the player engagement guy in Los Angeles right now as well. Oh, that's cool. You know, he's a dude who, who, who for sure took me under his wing. But as I kind of advanced a little bit, it was a lot of vets and retired guys. You know, like I'm pretty cool with Calvin Johnson, Steve Smith, um, uh, Randy Moss. You know, I got a, I got a, some uh, of the legend dudes. Yeah, so the guys you looked up to. Yeah, for sure. You know, did um, you seek them out? Did some of them seek you out? Was it serendipitous, or were you at like a event and you saw them and you're like, let me start to build this relationship? How did that go down? A little bit of both, actually. Um, yeah. I, I I forget how I actually end up uh getting super cool with uh with uh, Moss, but I end up training in Charlotte with him for uh four to six weeks. That must have been cool. Uh, it was super dope, you know, being able to, and even Talk now, you know. guy who came into the league and did work. Eight seconds in, everyone was like, we fucked up. Well, Eight seconds in. This is the crazy thing about it. Remember? Marshall he scored yeah. a touchdown in every single one of his college games. You talking about Moss? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because of Chad Pennington. Marshall one time. Jets, <laughs> Jets legend Chad <laughs> Pennington, <laughs> don't sleep. Hey, Pennington was nice, but come on. Yeah. yeah. So. He, God, that must have been really fun for you. Was yeah, it, yeah. Who was, was your good. favorite receiver as a kid? Moss. 
So that was it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Right it, there. it was dope. And again, um, D Bell, who 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 yeah, who's your ask. favorite receiver? Like in the last seven, eight years, like let's say, because you transitioned to a big program like Purdue, it kind of changed a little bit. But what about in high school? If I said to you, in your four years of high school, who was your favorite NFL receiver? Did you have one? Yeah, I liked Andre Johnson. Mm. Yeah, he was a guy that I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, talk about flowers. That dude deserves. Yeah, I liked Andre yeah, Johnson man, he a lot. Was a beast. Yeah, he was. He was super a, underrated. That's it. That's another guy. Mm-hmm. That's another that's another Darrell Rebus roses, bro. We other than the fact that Stevie was on the other side gave him a little bit of work, but interesting. Moss. Andre was a beast. Yeah, he was. I liked he him was a real lot. nice. Yeah. Let's talk about basketball. Playoffs are about to come. You're always talking basketball. Um now that I knew that you could be an NBA player too. Yeah, for sure. And Brandon, you you <laughs> you, you sneakily think you're phenomenal in basketball. Yeah, yeah. I knew I wasn't going to NBA though. Um what do we think? Like, what's our hot take? East. D-Bell, before we started this, you're like, I'm not sure Phoenix can do it. I don't think. I was kind of saying, I think maybe they're, they're, the fact that they got so far last year, like sometimes that second year, you know, I'm also hot on the Nets. You were talking about that off yeah. camera before we yeah. started. If I said right now, NBA Finals champion, let's go around the, it's super hard, but it it's is. fun. It is. Let's this play. Let's play. I, I'll go last. Let's play. I'll go last. Second to last. Hey. All right, D-Bell. So Gary, you got- <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first. I actually am pretty locked into this and been locked in. I do a show with DraftKings called Props and Drops and two months ago I locked this in, so I'm going to run it all the way through. I, I just mentioned them. I think it's going to be Nets, Phoenix. I'm sticking with it. I've been on it for months and I think it's going to play out. Um, the Nets are going to have a tougher road, I think, than Phoenix. I think Phoenix is going to get themselves back there. Um, and if I had to pick a winner, I think if the Nets get there, then they'll win it. So I'm going to go with the Nets. Mm, D like Bell? Go I got to go Golden State. <laughs> Golden Coming State. Coming out the West. Yep. And the East? East. East is tough. It is. It's tough. East is tough. You can really be okay with a lot of decisions. Yeah. I personally say the Celtics. I get it. Yeah, I got, and then I. And then that ooh. finals. I got the Celtics taking it. You got the Celtics yeah, getting it. You feel they're that hot right now? Yeah, I got it. I get it. I, I get Celtics. it. I didn't B. think Parker? you were going that route. Man. Yeah, I got this. Um, well, my bias can't. I have to pick the Warriors coming out the West. I can't not pick them. Why? Um, Why? Just because I think. St- uh, I just really like the Warriors. Um, I think Steph. I got to know what that joke is. Off I just think, no, I just think Steph's uh, not only the most underrated player, but maybe a top three player of all time. But that's another discussion. Um, so says, I'm gonna go and, Warriors. And he says top three now. I've actually heard top top three and not two or three. But that's 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 why <laughs> he paused. Part of you. I, I, I live with. Wait a minute. That's why there's a part of that. that. I see where you're going. That was now that I, joke. No, no, that no, was no. that joke. No, no. Hey, thank you for teeing that up. No, no. So let's tee it up. There's a part of you in your body that debates with yourself and you know it's not something that's accepted by society Yeah. that you might think in your mind that and Steph's the best th- player of all time? Yeah. yeah. That's profound. Yeah. That's a... I mean, I just, you know what's crazy? I definitely changed the game. Things could get very weird if... Like, this was my whole thesis and, can, by the way, continues to be with LeBron. Like, if you told me LeBron gets two rings in the next three seasons, that registers in my head as like, oh, it got put together in LA or Bronny came in and he went somewhere else and it got put together. Like... Steph can still win yeah. three, four titles. And I Could. Mean, <clears throat> when you talk about accomplishments and titles and that sort of stuff, that's when I kind of back away from those arguments. Why? Just because it, it, there's so many, like, you give me the side, I can argue it, right? Like, I'm just saying flat out, pound for pound, like, if I'm a coach and I'm coaching against a team and you said, who is one player that I wouldn't want on the other team in terms of having to account for him all over yeah, the court, it. it'd be Steph for me. So that's why I think Steph. But anyway. I would say Warriors. <clears throat> and then it's a coin flip between uh, Boston or um, Milwaukee yeah. and Philly. New Jersey for me. Okay. Or Brooklyn. Yep. But I'm going uh, to go. I'm going to rock out with the Nets and Warriors, man. And who's going to win it? Warriors. Okay. Allen? Yes. Coming out the East. Because uh, I'm a big, especially once you get the playoff time, I'm big on who has the best player. Yeah, I think that's what makes series so tough, you know. I agree. So I think in the East, I gotta go with Milwaukee or the Nets, mm-hmm. and then in the West, in the West, I have to go Phoenix, man, Phoenix or Golden State. Only thing that kind of makes me with Golden State is Steph being a little dinged up going into the playoffs. You know, not kind of having. I don't want to say not having that rhythm, but I do think it's tough when you're playing against a team like Phoenix who has. 
who has been very cohesive and has had a hey, lot Jay, of their guys the majority Phoenix's of the year. Can you look up Phoenix's record? Because I think I... They lost 16 games, I think. That's yeah, nothing. Like seven, yeah. 18. That's 18. insane. Yeah. That is good. 64 yeah. wins. Like, I think people are sleeping on them a little bit. Like, I, I think it's going to be a rematch from last year. I just don't see You it. do? Yeah. I know. You really... I just don't see I can't it. wait to text you to get and, it. And, and the reason why I say that, man, is because... Phoenix has a complete team. They're pretty <clears throat> deep. Everybody knows their roles. They have a deep. very cohesive a group. Team. They're and a once team. you get to the playoffs, they're a team. Having they, you know that, what's funny? They remind me of young Golden State yeah. before they super teamed out with Durant. Yeah. Like it was so teamy. Like Clay, Steph, and Draymond, yeah. and everybody surrounding yeah. them, and Andre, like as yeah. a vet, like in that Chris Paul's yeah, like a little nice. bit more, yeah. but like they're just teamy and, to and, me. And, and Milwaukee has that. That's why, I, the say best. I'm that's with why I say the Celtics. Exactly. And the Celtics, they play, have that the Celtics play defense. You know True. what it is about they the Celtics? They play defense. You know what? Giannis is a little more yeah. of an alpha than Tatum. Just True. a little bit. And I love Tatum too. That's my problem with the Celtics. Those two, the two headed monster, and that's obviously more Tatum than Brown, but like, I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. it can, I agree. It no, gets cold out of nowhere for no I reason agree. or logic. I think that, like, the person I most fear on that team from, like, real life, like, is Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart? 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel it. That player, Marcus Smart, would be my favorite player of all time if he was on the <laughs> Knicks. That's how much I love the 83 <laughs> intangibles I sent. I hate going to Knicks. Celtic games because Marcus Smart does twelve things in a game that I admire the most. Yeah, Not but he's a Celtic, so I hate him. What are some of those things? Like pulling on someone's shorts, poking <laughs> someone in the ribs, <laughs> playing deep, like all these weird ass things that like, 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 like. Not Patrick Beverly, like fifteen percent, a little bit more. Not crazy. Yeah, I was about to like, ask you, did you like? Did you I like love Pat Patrick. I, yeah. Listen, I'm someone who has no talent that has to rely on all those things to compete, and I because of that, I know how much it matters. People are not mentally strong, and that's, people are not mentally strong out there. You've got eighty-eight percent of leagues players out there not as mentally strong as people think, and little shit can fuck them up. Like a little fucking, I really. Obviously, that's a, like hyperbole, but like I believe in those little fucking diving, like mm-hmm. doing something with the crowd. Like humans, back to Brandon's, those the way we started matter. this podcast. It do, it Brandon was just talking about intuition. Mm-hmm. Energy's real. Humans <laughs> play that way, like little fucking things. Like one, pl- the player on your, I'll give you a great, actually, I'll give you a great Marcus Smart thing. I've watched, you know, the league, the NBA is so about streaks, mm-hmm. right? It's so streaky, 12 over on it, you know, like uh, down 20, you win by 25. <laughs> like, it's very streaky mm-hmm. with the three ball and the way the league is now. I've seen Marcus Smart multiple times, just against the Knicks in the last two seasons, do the small little thing that starts a 12 over run. Mm-hmm. I can, you can just see the rest of his team getting more hyped. Yeah. And it's real. You know who else has that? Who? Milwaukee with Drew Holiday. I love Drew Holiday's yeah, games. Yeah. And, 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 and he's frail as fuck. I was just going to say, that's, hey, get to, to, to me, yeah, I love by the way, games. to me, I love him. that's why I feel like in the playoffs, because you have Middleton who can kind of be a possible, with all due respect, roller coaster of some games. When I say roller coaster, I mean, play like I mean from yeah. 35 to like 17. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like It's kind of that range. But with having Giannis and Drew Holiday... And knowing what you're going to get. Brandon some water? This guy's been coughing the whole fucking podcast. <laughs> Brandon fucking up our acoustics. And, uh, and, and having Giannis and Drew in a seven-game series yeah, man. is yeah. tough. I'm with you. Let's talk about other interests. What about fighting? Here's what I mean by that. <clears throat> MMA, boxing, or actual wrestling, like WWE stuff. Like Any of those things ever hit your radar? Like... I love all those things. Did you like that growing up? I'll let them start. Uh, I grew up watching like WWE. Go ahead. So who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Probably Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio? Yeah. You love the fucking flying around shit? Yeah, all that. We used to jump off my auntie couch, do the tricks (laughs) and stuff. And did did you fuck with the mask? Yeah, most definitely. So we we definitely uh, grew up watching that in the house. We couldn't watch it in my house, but we go around the corner of my auntie's (laughs) house. I love (laughs) that. We can go watch that for sure. Were you a wrestling guy at all? I was growing up. Mine was either uh, The Rock or John Cena. Yeah, you're that era. Yeah. Yeah. The Rock. I was Rock and Sting. Sting from WCW. Of course. Sting was was a beast. He was him. I did bang with The Undertaker, too. I'm not going to lie. The whole Wolfpack was was really AJ, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? 
You can't. My, AJ, Stone cold. AJ, Somebody. how old AJ? What are you? What, I'm, I'm 40. <laughs> you're 30, 35. 35 is a weird one. It's the worst era. Yeah, because <laughs> AJ, AJ's like childhood was in between Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, my era, and, and The Rock, Stone Cold. He still got that because he was young, mm-hmm. but the true childhood where it's like this, he had like Tatanka and like fucking <laughs> like Duke the Dumpster Drozzy <laughs> and all sorts of like weird, of that, that was the Bret Hart, Yokozuna yeah. were the top, yeah, top, top. But it was like, that wasn't the two big eras. But who is your favorite wrestler? Actually, I actually don't think I know. I think actually, push comes to show. Guess. For fun, try to guess. The British Bulldog. Which, which, the British which, Bulldog. Uh, which league? Just because I cried when he turned heel, he wasn't my favorite. Was yeah, by the way, did you just hear that? No. The reason I guessed it was the British Bulldog is the British Bulldog was a good guy. He turned bad and AJ cried. Because <laughs> he was <laughs> into it. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> All right, hold on. So was it WCW fuck, or man, WWE? I, thought I actually, that's who I thought it was. It was a WWE wrestler. I love that, but like the Monday Night Wars, mm-hmm. like NWO. Yeah, that me was too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our era. Who, yeah. bro? What's your guess? Nah, it, yeah, <laughs> it'd be more so my time. I was gonna say, um, I was gonna guess Shawn Michaels. Say somebody like, wow, was it? Shawn wow, good. Okay, okay. okay. Very upset. Very upset right now. That because yeah, the reason why I said it because yeah, I mean I was. <laughs> you're our third brother now. I banged. I banged with what was it? Uh, uh, Degeneration X or yeah, something like course. that. Triple H. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody kind of, you know, like as a group, like they was. For Sean, his probably two biggest peaks were the the one prior with like the rocker, like when yeah, when I with Marty Jannetty, and then the Degeneration. I was actually in he between, was like the main him and Diesel. He had the yeah. greatest match of all time. Him and Razor the latter, Ramon. the latter. Razor Ramon's up there too. Man, Razor Ramon was amazing. Rest in peace. What Razor Ramon's up there. You too. know what about Razor Ramon? He came into the league earlier. When right. they would hype guys before they, one of the things that WWE did when it was WWF that I thought was better than anything was building up hype. They, they would they would do these promos for yes. weeks mm-hmm. before the guy showed up in the ring. You'd be watching Saturday morning and Mr. Perfect is the one that say, everybody Mr. knows. They did Mr. Perfect for two months before he went into the ring. I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know if he was still under contract, Kurt Henning. I don't know what it was. I don't actually know the real details of why, but it was months that you'd watch Saturday morning, because that's when wrestling was popping in the 80s. You'd watch it in the morning, Saturday morning. When when they used to have the best guys fight like no names, like Barry Horowitz and K9, they used to fight like scrubs. <laughs> they didn't fight each other like it is now. They, they, like they would build up guys. They hyped Mr. Perfect. By the time Mr. Perfect fought his first match, he was the second most popular wrestler mm. in the mm. Vince McMahon did that mm. brilliantly. Mm. For me, it's Macho Man Randy Savage by a country mile. Yeah, he was because I'm also, too. I'm like, this is why I was smiling when you were talking earlier. I would have loved to be a professional athlete, singularly to be on the road. Mm. I want everyone booing against me. I love it. It's, I, it gives me the smirk, it gives me my energy. I love it, I love it. And when I was a kid, everybody loved Hulk Hogan. And, and Macho Man was a bad guy, and I was like, I'm about Macho Man. Then he became a good guy, and then he got popular, and he won the title. That was my dude. No love for Goldberg, huh? Goldberg was a beast. Goldberg that spear, yeah, that yeah. spear was nuts. He has a crazy win streak. You were a little more WCW. Well, because you said, because me and him are similar age, there was a little like oh, three to six year gap yeah. when WCW oh, yeah. came. Yeah, Eric Bischoff, big shout Rock, out, Eric. And then The Rock brought WWE back. I was about to say that because like when I was coming, it was like yeah. WC, WCW. WCW. I don't even know what station it came on, but it was kind of like. But it was a time where WWE kind of went through something, and it did become a little bit more popular. Yeah. The WCW. Oh, it was like Monday Night Nitro. Nitro. They took all the guy. It was yeah. huge. That's what it was. Nitro. Yeah. Nitro. Yeah. Eric. Hogan. Yeah, the NWO, NWO was crazy. it, wasn't it? All right, what about what about not fake fighting? Boxing? Any of the three of you grow up loving it? Boxing for sure, yeah. What yeah. was your number yeah, one box. guy? I mean, well, heavyweight was probably Tyson, I guess. <clears throat> How old were you when Tyson was fighting? You guys I'm missed. I'm 87. I, yeah, I, I just remember it, so I don't know. I was probably yeah, like I, 8 to 12. I, knew, I watched my Tyson fights like before he even was the champion of the world, mm-hmm. like coming up on ABC and like on ESPN. It was the greatest. Mm-hmm. When Mike Tyson beat Trevor Burbick for the title, when I was 11, it was like, he was a superhero. It was such a big deal. How old was Tyson at the time? 18. Yeah, because he was nine, doing it so 19, young, 19, like 20 maybe, he was 21. 18, he 19. was the youngest heavyweight champion in the world. I'll never forget that fight for as long as, because Burbick also, like the way he bobbled around the ring, it was crazy. Um, 
Yeah, man, Mike Tyson, 80, 85, 86, 87, 88, Mike Tyson was the great, he was so famous and so popular, you can't even imagine. Think of like Kardashian, Drake, like like it was different back then. There was mm-hmm. no internet. It, he was just it. Yeah, he was Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson. Yeah, and by the way, Tyson was more popular than Michael Jordan and it wasn't even, they weren't even in the same conversation. Michael mm. Jackson was like really? the most famous. Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson over Mike in Jordan? 1986 compared to it wasn't even close. Mike Tyson was the mm. heavyweight champion of the world. Michael Jordan was called a ball hog that would never win a title. Oh, you're saying you at, that time. at that time. At that time. Not okay. overall. Overall, it's not even close the other <laughs> way. But at the time, 86, 87, mm-hmm. that was when Jordan was considered he'll never win a title. Like, you guys are all youngsters. Mm-hmm. In, in junior high, there was the big debate that he'll never win a title. Mm. This seems like laughable now. Mm-hmm. But he'll never win a title because he just wants to score because he couldn't get through Detroit. Detroit was fucking, the bad boys were fucking Man. rough. It's All right, so Tyson for you. Two. So like when I was younger, um, like elementary school, mm-hmm. I'd probably say Roy Jones. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Roy AJ, Jones. AJ, you, you were, I, I remember my whole life I wanted you to be into boxing, but it was a, I was working too much. It was hard. But remember Roy Jones when he got upset? Like <laughs> that? Very good, bro. I remember that. That was the too. one time I thought that you would get into boxing. I'm I, so I glad. I love MMA now. I know that, yeah. which is the best. That was yeah. been the best part of us yeah. being in MMA, yeah. that you love it now. Like being up at one o'clock and be like, you see that? Yeah. Roy Jones was the guy. Maybe Roy Jones. Yeah. And, then, and then like once I. And he was swaggy as fuck. Yeah. Now like college and then into my first part of the league, I probably would say Deontay Wilder. Yeah, I feel like I came. I saw a couple of Deontay Wilder fights er, here, like earlier, early Deontay early, Wilder, where you were like, "Who's this guy's yeah, crazy?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was first kind of coming up. <clears throat> D Bell, anything? Mean, I, Floyd. That's yeah. that's the only thing we really watch. Yeah, Floyd. Of course, you're yeah. too young. Yeah, I'm but, too young. No, but it's not too young. He's one of the greatest fighters <laughs> yeah, of all time. Yeah, for sure. For like sure. I was a huge Pernell Whitaker. My answer is Tyson and Pernell Whitaker, and Pernell Whitaker was like Floyd 1.0, all mm. defense, crazy. Mm. He didn't have his. Floyd developed some power later in his career, but and and I and is better than Pernell. But Pernell Whitaker was the guy. He was the best fighter in the Olympic '84 team. <clears throat> Do you remember Sugar Ray? Was that your era? Mm-hmm. No, no. I'm too young for that. That I'm I, curious I, how I, he and Floyd really kind of compare. You know what Sugar Ray and Floyd have that Pernell I don't think had. <clears throat> they were considered pretty. They both pretty boy. They were considered defense. But they were nasty. Mm. Yeah. What I I remember when I started to turn on my opinion on Floyd because I love Purnell so much, so I never wanted another one. And I saw him coming up the game, and I was like, "This guy's fucking good." And I knew his uncle because I remember his uncle fighting mm-hmm. uh, Floyd and uh, his dad. But I remember his uncle a little more, and he got nasty in a couple fights. And I'm like, "Cause Sugar Ray." Everyone always thinks of like, he was smart, he was a businessman, he was Coca-Cola, he was trying to make that money. And Mm -hmm. in the 70s, it's tough being a black man now. 70s, he was really Mm -hmm. cheesing it. He was smart as fuck. He got white America to fall in love with him. But he was nasty. Mm. That Tommy Hearns fight, like I'm very nerdy about boxing. Shout out to Tommy Hearns and Tommy Hearns Jr. Those are guys. Man, I went to middle school with Tommy Hearns Jr. Bro, Tommy (laughs) Hearns was one of my favorite fighters. He was so crazy good. But you see it in that first fight where Hearns had him. They were both coming up the game. The hitman had him. And Sugar Ray got like me. Like he had, he, he's nastier than people think. Mm. And I respect the, that's a compliment. All right, MMA, do you get into that at all or no? I personally do now. Yeah, Once I saw my first fight, the first time I saw a fight, because I don't really like fights like that. Yeah. I don't want to see a lot of gore, yeah. but you can't help but to appreciate yeah, what those athletes so are doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's are you getting appreciate and respect. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I mean more, like, right? Mainstream fight, I can't like call too many people yeah. by name, but well, like I'll definitely, yeah, for it? sure. Like if it's like a mainstream fight, I, like I watch the whole card. Mm-hmm. What D Bell? You started? Yeah, I watched it a little bit. Uh, I used to like uh, Silva. Yeah, yeah, Anderson was crazy. So, yeah, I used to rock with him. You love MMA? Yeah. You're hardcore. Not hard hardcore, but, but I saw your reaction. I always see you, in my corner. You got it. The next big UFC fight at the Garden, we'll go. We'll do some Vader Sports stuff. Yeah, uh, those guys are. Those just different animals. Yeah, you gotta respect fighting, You know, fighting is like all of it. All the even wrestling, wrestle wrestlers, WWF. I still call it that. Are all three of them boxers, MMA? Thank God for MMA because I think people are looking at it a little bit differently. And definitely WWF wrestlers. There's so much more talent and skill that goes into that than the general public. Like people, 
Boxing's nickname is the sweet science. Mm. Like people think, again, I keep saying thank God because I think people understand how technically incredible the MMA fighters are and all the different martial arts and jiu-jitsu and wrestling and it's fun to watch. I mean, I watched the first UFC like when it was wild, like crazy. If you ever watched the documentary, like we were in high school and we're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like big dude and like, they were like different, they didn't, they didn't even have weight classes. So you'd have like a, it was, oh, yeah. it was Street Fighter. It was like yeah. some big Samoan dude and like an 80 pound guy. You were like, it was a circus show. Ooh. And we were like blown away by it. I remember thinking they'll never, I remember the first one and I was like, they'll, this will never, they'll never have a second one. This is gonna be banned. Cause it was like illegal and you didn't know, it was illegal wow. forever. It was like blood sport, huh? It was, yeah. Like now, backyard, like, kinda. What's up, my man? Kind of like backyard. Because oh, even like when you think about it, like a lot like of... Like Kimbo Slice Yeah, I was about to say that. To say that. <laughs> Kimbo Slice videos. But I think that's kind of... I don't want to say what changed MMA, but even when we look at the background of a lot of MMA fighters, that's kind of like where they kind of initially come from. It's just kind of like street fighting kind of, but like they're... I mean, they're skilled. So then a they start kind of training. Right. The Royce, okay. the Royce, yeah, and when I say, when I say yeah, like I street it. fight, I, I mean like maybe like middle school, like this dude could fight, like now he's training. You know, you know it's what I'm funny, jujitsu and wrestling are so dominant core. Like, like you're looking at it now, like it's not Kimbo. Like, like you know, boxers, like big punchers, you have them, but like yeah. the talent is absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I watch it now, I loved boxing for like understanding how a jab set things up, defense. Like when I learned, like they're just kind of grazing the glove. It was just, I, I was fascinated by it. But MMA takes that to a whole nother level because you've got so many variances of different styles and fights and just some of the shit these guys got. Obviously, Vayner Sports had a big weekend with Aljamain Sterling beating Jan, mm. and most of the MMA world didn't see that win coming, and I felt so good for him because he really did his work. And I was watching, I love reading people's Twitter and then looking at them being a hypocrite. <laughs> like, like, like I see when people cancel brands and then a year later like have the brand in their photo, and I'm always like laughing at them. That happened with the Aljamain stuff. All these people were mad that Aljamain out-wrestled him. Like boring, because they were mad because they wanted Jan to win. Meanwhile, literally forty-five tweets earlier, they're like yelling at somebody about like who says it's not a good sport, and they're like, do you know how technical it is to wrestle someone to the ground? Like, it's amazing how that one of my favorite things about sports is emotion, and I think that I mean is just at the height. There's some what I love about MMA and this whole genre of boxing, like it's the first sports. Like you go back to like like there's something primal about two men. Squaring mm. off, it's just it's it, the it, most human thing. It's yeah, so true. uh, mano y mano, you know, no excuses and no excuses, no like nothing. Tennis, and, and, and you can't take a break from those sports, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like there is no There's break, there is very, no playoff, there is no, you know what I'm saying? One on one yeah. sports, one on one no. sports versus team sports have fascinating dynamics, and that's something I never did as a kid. That for me, you know. Having a daughter and, you know what I'm saying, having more kids, I want all my kids to play at least one individual sport. Interesting. I never got a chance to yeah. play I'm an individual like sport. I, I play all team sports, you know, and team sports can be frustrating you as hell. You want to get into pickleball? Have you heard about pickleball? I've never heard of that. Okay, yeah, so pickleball is exploding. Seriously, it's a mix between tennis and ping pong is the best way I would describe it. You have to Google it. I just bought a team in Major League Pickleball because I played it four years ago and I've been watching the data. Same way I, pre not predict, same way I observe TikTok or NFTs or all this stuff. Pickleball is about to pop off. You should play it. Is it fun to play? That's why it's popping off. It's fun to Can play. Can you describe the, it a little bit? Yeah, the paddle is like padded. The ball is like a wiffle ball type thing. So what it's doing, and the court's smaller, and it's got rules where it's, what it's done is it's mitigated athleticism and power to a place where people can really compete each other. Like a 62 year old woman after you, 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 play for six months. Ah, smash her. You'd be stunned. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. That probably, comma, comma, that's what's sweeping the nation. People, the sport was designed in a way that's really, now it's popularity is getting going, and so you have better athletes, racket, hand-eye coming in, and you're starting to see a little more of the separation. But here's a, a fun fact. Consistently, in big pickleball tournaments, the top games, you have women beating men. Yeah, I saw you bought the team. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna buy a bunch of teams, including an NFL one eventually. Jets? 
Let's speak about that. D-Bell, I really need you to be a Jet. You know this, right? Like, this is like my greatest dream. You gotta talk to Brandon. I wish Brandon, listen, good news. If if agents had anything to do with it, it'd be a wrap. I would (laughs) take the Jet's front office into hostage land to get this done. I haven't been this hot about it. This is something I'm hot on even before I knew we'd be lucky enough to represent you. AJ, I'm on the Jets D-Bell train, I know. the last time I was this crazy was Sean Green, who was a running back from Iowa, who actually then got drafted yeah, by the Jets. Yeah, I remember Sean. I remember Sean too. Yeah. Um, nice. So I'm praying. I'm really hopeful. Brandon? I, ain't I was just about to say that. I, know. I don't Good, know. Good, I didn't say up and want to take him, great. You know, that'd be great. I, I, I know he's going to ball wherever he goes. So. All right, parting, parting wanna... thoughts. Brandon, what, what did we not? We didn't get too deep in NFT land. No, we didn't. Um... Parting thoughts about what, G? Anything, brother. Just to wrap up the podcast. Anything um, we didn't touch on? Anything you're excited about? Anything, any theme that you took away? Maybe something like, oh, gee, I really like that you bring up that roses thing. I'm going to start doing more of that. I did. Like, I really do like that. Isn't it cool? Though. Yeah. And I it's thought like, you'd like it. Well, just because I hate cancel culture. And I hate like the whole idea of judging people off like one yes, event or something like 100%. that. So I do like that. Maybe that you need to start a movement for real. I really want to. Th- um, I've been really hot on it. Yeah. That's why I unveiled it a little bit here. I'm like. We just need to start bringing energy. The, like, yeah. literally, like, do you know how nice it's going to feel for some of the, the, I mean, for that coach, mm-hmm. you, I mean, this show yeah, gets listened yeah, to a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. Somebody's going to know that your coach and is going to send them this clip. Yeah, you know how nice real. that's going to feel? Yeah. You know, some of the players that like D-Rob just came, it feels yeah. nice. You know, a, a Brown sending this clip of Miles Garrett, like, it just feels nice. <laughs> I, I, Humans are humans. Getting complimented, getting roses feels nice. No matter how many fucking roses you have, it's still nice. It really does. It's bro. really just nice. Yeah. Fuck. I, my little brother got married this past weekend. Congrats. So I saw, appreciate it. I saw a lot of people from back home, mm. and I had like multiple people kind of come up and give me some roses. Mm. And it, it really did feel good. It's you know? nice. And it wasn't the fact of like, you want the cloud or I want to put it on Instagram. It was just nice. like, man, you know, I, Especially I with somebody that. you know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or like in, in Brandon's analogy or D-Bell's like, like when two people live it, like Coach lived it with him. Coach yeah. probably remembers noticing six-year-old D-Bell taking note of him doing something fatherly and probably thought a little something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like there, uh, Rebus might hear this clip and be like, I remember talking like mm. I'm, I'm very passionate about when the two humans are the only two people that know the situation. Mm. There's something special, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's what happened to you. Yeah. The people from back home, like you guys both know. Yeah. It's not about yeah. the press. It's not writing a mock draft or an article or sending a nice tweet. Like you two actually know. Yeah, and that's the thing too. You know, in in the nature of the world now, for anybody who's kind of higher profile to any kind of degree or significance. It's always the opposite, you know what I'm saying? It's always so much heavy scrutiny, you yeah. know? So for a lot of guys, you know, being able to give people their flowers, you know, when you can, you know, to any degree, you know, I definitely think it's worth it for sure. Do you yeah. do that? Do you, after games, <clears throat> how do, actually, this is a great way to end it, end with a little story time. After a game, whether you win, lose, you're pumped or very disappointed, are you one to just go back to the locker room and, you know, get showered up and think? Or do you kind of go chop up with somebody that you came up with camps with or, you know, like used to play with because once you're in the league, things of that nature. How do you guys both play it? Consistently the same way, different every game depending. How do you play it, D-Bell? Like after your game's in college. Uh, mine was pretty much consistently. Uh, no matter like win or loss, you know, I'll stay after, sign autographs, and then shoot back with my family. My family waiting in my apartment for me and we'll chop it up about what happened with the win or what happened with the loss. What about a po- posing Opposing players is what I'm more interested in. Oh, opposing players? Yeah. As far as what you Would mean. you talk to them after a game, exchange jerseys, talk talk to the guy that lined up against you, uh, yeah, went to yeah, high yeah, school yeah. with some kid. Like, you knew you went to high school with dude and he's on the other side. Go seek him out and say what's up after game. Yeah, win or loss, yeah. I, yeah. I definitely stay out there and, uh, you know, give them their respect, say good game. I'm so, yeah. Parker. I ain't going to. about what? Yeah, I'm the same. Like, like, if, I, if I was upset that we, like, I don't, AJ, we, I don't see us. We, I don't think we would have been great at that. I feel like if a loss mattered to me and I was upset. Depends on the game. That's what I think. I would, if, playoff game? Playoff game. I'm not, a losing a playoff game? I'm yeah, not I'm... even talking to another human being, let alone an opposing player. <laughs> I had a couple of close friends do that before. And like I never forget it. 
So I would never be that way. Like that's after how, a game, that's I, I had a homie that didn't even shake my hand after a game once. Well, that's one of my nah, closest fat. friends. Yeah, yeah. I like that. No, What's his no. name? Who's that? Corny. Give him the roses. That's real roses, though. That's not bad. That's roses in my world. And this is still my guy. This is my guy, Monty Simmons. Okay, Monty Simmons, if you're listening, email me. You're my friend now. We're friend. We're family, Monty. Hey, that's my family. We're family now. I fuck with that. Fuck you, Brandon. We lost. I'm out. I'll talk to you in a week, and we can chop it up and be best friends. But this exact second, after I lost this fucking important game, fuck you, your family, your future family, everything. Fuck everybody. I hear you. I hear you. Hey, Monty, you hear what he said. <laughs> Alan, um, you're you you could be get like that a little bit once yeah, in a while. Yeah, it depends on the game. Yeah, for sure. Like for me, what was the game that you were most heated about in your professional career, Jacksonville, Chicago? Most heated, leaving like like actually, you know, do you have one? Yeah, it's, good. Because uh, it's fun for Jags and Bears. My first fans. one that come to mind is <clears throat> Week One, 2016. We lost to Green Bay in Jacksonville. I remember I, that. when I played. I, oh, I was a playing for Jacksonville. I yes. remember that. Uh, yes. I was there at that game. Yeah. That one. What happened? They terrible. kept throwing pass interference against Jacksonville. No, he was he, getting he was getting held and pi'd the whole game that he couldn't get a flag for nothing. Yeah. I think I, I ended up getting maybe one, but we lost. We lost by maybe bad. like four, but it came down to the wire, like like the last final position. And you wanted it. Yeah, we lost, and then. Um, See, I respect that. Week one Chicago. loss, super salt. This is why I fuck with Allen. <laughs> Week one loss. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Chicago. Probably Saints 2020. Saints 2020. Play, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's. Yeah, I feel like I actually got to rock a little more. So. Mm. Boys, thanks for being on. Appreciate, Appreciate it, you, man. Appreciate it.